Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Happy New Year. <laughs> 2023, thank you, Tim. 2023 is going to be amazing. And that was a good way to start it right there is uh, singing about Jesus. Because he's the main thing. He's the main thing. If it's your first time, um, make sure you connect with someone out at the greenery wall after service today. And uh, we'd love to get to, to know you a little better and uh, get you plugged in however you're ready to get plugged in, to join a team or to find, more about, find out more about groups that are launching in February uh, or whatever that looks like for you and your family right now. We just, we're just glad you're here. And uh, this is exciting. This is an exciting year because this is our first birth. I can't talk. Fifth birthday as a church. So January uh, 22nd will be our fifth birthday celebration at the dwelling. And we're just going to celebrate the faithfulness of God and tell the stories of what he's done. And it's going to be fun. And uh, we're going to, you know, blow out some candles and have a good time. All right. So um, part of that is um, we want to we we love to make much of testimony around here uh, because it gives God honor and it just it just shows how awesome he is when we tell the story of what he's done. And and so many of you guys have a story of what the dwelling um, has played a part in your life. You know, I told the team this morning, you know, the dwelling church has never changed anybody's life, but the dwelling church creates spaces for that to happen. And um, Jesus does that in people's lives. And so um, that's what we're celebrating. And so if you've got a testimony of, um, of how God has moved in your life since you found the Dwelling Church, we're, we're gathering those testimonies and we're going to be posting those on social media. And here's the thing, just to be a little extra motivator as if the glory of God wasn't motivation enough. <laughs> just kidding. Um, someone donated two Vice Star Club tickets to the Ghost Pirates over here. And I'm talking like, now that's the stuff where they bring the food to you. Like the fancy tickets, okay? And so if you submit a story and your testimony, you get a chance to win two tickets. Just saying. Just saying. You been to a Ghost Pirates game yet? How about, I'm a hockey fan and didn't know it. I'm from Alabama. We don't have that. Okay, but I like it. I like it. I mean, they let them fight. That's, I, I didn't know. I'm like, they're fighting. The rest are like, I'm like, that's what I'm doing. The rest are supposed to be stopping this. Okay. I want to talk about digging ditches with God today. Digging ditches with God. That reminds me of an old song that says, can you dig it? Yes, I can. <laughs> Some of y'all not old, apparently. I'm an old school guy. I don't know if I could name two Taylor Swift songs. And I have totally, I've lost total credibility with most of the people in the room right now by saying that. I would recognize Post Malone by his face for obvious reasons. I might know some Harry Styles if I heard it. But you throw some Earth, Wind, and Fire my way. Or some Chicago. Some of y'all are like, who is this guy? I love Chicago. And they, they, they do it. One of the old school. Now, Chicago has a new 
style and the old school. I like the old school. And there's a song, Saturday in the Park. And if that thing was on, I'd hit it real quick for you. But um, I, I, I stepped in a, a, a music store in Columbus, Georgia one time as a junior high kid. And I sat down at one of their pianos and I started playing Saturday in the Park. You know what I'm talking about? I think it was. Christy, I can always count on you. I can always count on Christy for these old songs. Um, but yeah, one of the lines of that song is there's a man playing guitar and singing for us all. Can you help him change the world? Can you dig it? Yes, I can. Okay. And so that's kind of my thing. That's where my mind goes. Literally, this message came from that song. Just, just being honest with you. Um, so can you dig it? Good. So as we start off a new year, we'll get to the digging part in a minute. As we start off a new year, you know, I, I don't know of anybody that starts off thinking, man, this is, I'm going to bomb this one. Like, this is going to be terrible. And I'm going to do all I can to really mess up my life. You know, like nobody does that. We all start off like, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. I'm not going to eat anything. My dad's like that. I go home and my dad, I'm like, you look like you've lost weight. I said, like, what have you been doing? He said, like, I just quit eating. <laughs> like, it's not a good, it's not sustainable. But there's going to be some things, successful new year. There's going to be some things that we have to make room for. That's our language around here. We make room for God. We make room for people. We make room for more. And, and, you know, if it's not true in our house and in our personal life, then it, what are we talking about it in church, right? So in our personal lives, in our family lives, making room for God, making room for people, making room for more, or have got to be priorities in our life. And so I want to talk about our first, really our, one of our core values at the dwelling. We make, we make room for God. Y'all hear that? I don't know what's going on with the, is it me? Batteries are fine. Okay, we make room for God. We hold fast to the conviction that we are the dwelling place of God. And we endeavor to be a people who carry his presence for the sake of the world. Biblical Christianity is becoming a space for him. Now, what, what religion has made it is like maybe do the right things so that one day you can shoot off to a, better place. But the gospel Jesus presented and ushered in was actually this kingdom thing. A here and, and, and yet not yet kingdom reality. And our making room, when I say that, and, and I've, I've gotten a little bit of pushback about this, and I'm kind of glad I did because I'd never thought of it that way. For some of us, making room sounds like, oh, oh, you, okay, yep. Yeah. Scooting over just a little bit so Jesus has a little room in our life. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not about scooting over and giving him a little room as if he needs it. He's the king of the universe. Making room means I come before the king of the universe and I'll say, make me your home. Take my life. Every room in my heart, I want you to fill. 
That's what biblical Christianity is all about. It's not just being, oh, okay, so Jesus had some good teachings, and now if we follow what he says in the Sermon on the Mount, then we'll live a better life. And it's not self-improvement. That's not what this is about. It's about a restoration to an original intent, an original vocation to be an imager of God. And the cross is what restores us to that vocation. It's not a moral thing. It's not a, let me do better. It's not a, oh, this is good. Y'all gonna like this. Just came to me. It's not about a resolution as much as it is a revolution that's making us. We can make re resolutions, but what we need is the revolution of the kingdom to make us, to form us. And that's what this year is about, if we'll lean in. And I'm not saying having goals and dreams and all that stuff. Listen, I got more goals now than I ever have in my life. And I'm pursuing those things with God. I'm dreaming with him more than I ever have. But I'm going to tell you this. Our resolutions don't matter if we're not after the main thing. And that is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. So let's keep the main thing the main thing. We make room for God. That's connection as a lifestyle. Prayer. We're talking a lot about prayer lately. It's prayer is a lifestyle, not just an event, not a part in the service, not a, something that happens before a meal or when we're having problems. Prayer is a lifestyle of connection with God. Fasting even as a lifestyle. Some of y'all fasting right now. And so when I say pizza, I'm tempting you. Listen, we you know what I did last night. I walked in somebody's house, knowingly knew they were fasting. I knew it. And I brought a Boston butt that I smoked, put it on their table. I don't know. I'm such a horrible person. They told me to do it. They said, we just won't eat it. But I literally did it right there on their table. But they did not give in. They were, they were steadfast to the end. On. Okay, we're having mic issues today. Uh, one of the most foundational statements in my life was from a man named Henry Blackaby. As a young believer, he, um, he put out this study called Experiencing God. Ever heard of it? And in that, he said, how do you know the will of God for your life? Have you ever asked that question? And his answer was this. Find out what God's doing and get in on it. Just find out what God's doing and get in on it. What if in 2023, we just looked around and acknowledged what God is already doing and they got in on it? I know a lot of Christians that are just sitting around waiting to hear some message from the sky about what the will of God for their life is. And I hope today, if that's you, that it may be there's a mind renewal, a light switch clicks on of like, oh, wait. I'm not just sitting around waiting on the Lord, but waiting is active. Waiting doesn't look just like sitting and waiting, waiting for him to like just pull me out and send me out. No, it's actually acknowledging what he's doing. Oh, I see what the Lord is doing. And I'm going to be a part of that because I like him. I love him. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be used by him. And so uh, uh, there's a... It's really a secular philosopher, some philosopher, Jean-Paul Sartre, said, passivity is the art of bad faith. That's good. I just had to throw that one in there. 
So it's an invitation to partnership, and we can't partner with him if we're not making room. There's a word for my life this year, and I've been feeling it, and Bethany and I have been, you know, in our time with the Lord and in our conversations, we're, we're sensing like, okay, it's go time. Like there's been a season in our life, if I'm just being honest with you, like we felt like we needed to guard our time really tightly. We felt like we needed to guard our family time and we've felt like we needed to guard our schedules and like because there was something the Lord was intentional about in that season and I feel that thing lifting off and I feel like this, as far as our church, I feel like that thing's lifting off of like, okay, God has given us a chance to figure out what rhythms, healthy rhythms look like of rest and what, what you know, rejuvenates us in our time with God and all that stuff. And, and, and now he's like, okay, now you know how to run. And that's what I'm feeling in my life personally for 2023. It's like, it's time to run. And then a guy calls me out of nowhere the other day or sends me like a WhatsApp message, voice message. And he says, I, f- I was in prayer and I felt like I saw you in Bethany and you're riding horses and Jesus was riding with you. And he, and he says, it's time to run, Gunner. Like it's time to get on with it. It's time to run fast. And so that's where I'm at today. And I, I'm just giving you fair warning like this year. And I, t- I told you this a few months ago. Jesus got his foot on the gas pedal, Chantal. And he's about to kick it to the floor. And I really feel like 2023 is he's about to kick it to the floor. And, and I, want us to, 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 I want us to run fast because time's running out, one thing. And, and, and he's, got, he's intentional and he's, he's, he's got things to do. And he's inviting us to be a part of it. And it's time to run. But we rest so we can run. We we rest so that we can build what he's building. Dawson, what happens if I work out all the time? Obviously, I've been working out a lot more than you. (laughs) What happens if I never rest? You never recover. And you... And, and you, can't, you can't keep going if you don't rest. So the Lord's given us, he's, he's brought us through this way of Jesus of Sabbath and rest, and he's taught us all these things, and now he's saying, okay, you got the tools to actually build with me. And so that's where we're going. So what is God doing? What is God building? If we're gonna find out God's will for our life for 2023 or for the rest of our lives for that matter, we, we just need to ask the question, what are you doing? Or maybe open our eyes. What are you doing, Lord? Like, what, what is Jesus doing? What are you building? And then an even better question would be, am I building what he's building? So I want you to think about your goals this year. I want you to think about your resolutions and all that. Like, does it align with what he's building? Does it align with what he's doing? Because, you know, what we can do is we can build our own empires, rather than his kingdom. So just a question I want, I want us all to ask. You don't have to look very far in Scripture to find out what he is, in fact, doing. And one of the things that Jesus is doing is he is interceding right now. He is the intercessor. And he's inviting us to do that with him. And so... The major thrust of this year would be we are becoming a praying church. Jesus said my house would be called a house of what? Prayer. 
Wait, what? Activity? A prayer of, I mean, a house of, uh, house of religious activity? No, a house of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. If Jesus said that, I want to do it. And not just do it, I want to be it. He's going to release a spirit of prayer on us that we didn't know existed. He's going to release a spirit of prayer on us that's going to surprise us. He's going to release in our lives a longing for his presence like nothing we've ever experienced. We're revamping our Wednesdays soon, and there'll be more information coming about that. But one of the things we're doing is, um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this, is we are, number one, changing the name from prayer night every other week to prayer room. And our Wednesday night space for prayer, a prayer room, will be the first fruits of other prayer rooms, other spaces created throughout the week for people to come into this building, starting here and probably moving out across our city. But starting in this building, we're going to have more opportunities to pray. And, you know, yeah. And there's, there's a few people that carry that heart in this, in this church. But I'm telling you, we're all going to carry that. And don't worry, it'll, it'll jump on you like a squirrel <laughs> eventually. But like a rabid raccoon. But uh, you'll catch it. But we're going to start with, we're going to start where we are and build. And, um, what if, what if every day of the week, let's just start there. What if every day of the week there were people praying? I think one of the temptations that we have to fight against is, you know, we don't have to make prayer entertaining. You don't have to make prayer entertaining. Uh, we don't have to, I don't, I'm being honest with you. Prayer room, what that looks like in the future this year. If it's me at a keyboard and Jesus is here, that's prayer room. That I'm serious. That's what it looks like. Because it's not about us. It's about our first ministry, which is not to each other or to people. Our first ministry is not to reach a city or even love a city. Our first ministry is to love him and to create a space for him to bless his heart, to minister to his heart. And then guess what magically happens when we do that? You just start loving people because you catch it like a rabbit raccoon. Okay. There's a story. I'm almost done. There's a story. Second Kings chapter three. I'm good at ruining moments. 
2 Kings chapter 3, Israel and Judah had formed an alliance against Moab, and so their respective kings have come together in this field of battle. It's a desert, actually, and they're like, all right, we're going against Moab, and they get out there, and they're preparing to battle, and they realize, oh, crud, we have messed up because it is really hot, <laughs> and it's really dry, and there's no water, and our armies are completely exhausted. And our armies are on the verge of dying of thirst. And here we are saying we're going to take Moab for Jesus and everything. And then like we can't do it because we are exhausted. No water. So these kings are like our, our armies are dry. Our horses are thirsty. This is not going to work. And they get to the point where they're like, okay, maybe we should just go home and bow out because this is really hard. And I don't see any hope in this. I, do, I, I just don't see any hope of us actually defeating the enemy as exhausted as we are and as depleted of resources as we are. And they said, well, before we go home, let's just try one more thing. Let's just ask the Lord about this. That's how we do it, right? And so they go to the prophet Elisha. And Elisha says this in verse 13 of 2 Kings chapter 3. He says, now Elisha said to the king of Israel, what, what business do you got with me? So welcoming. He should be on the first impressions team. Go to your father's prophets and mother's prophets. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to hand them over to Moab. Elisha said, as surely as the Lord of armies lives before whom I stand, if I did not respect Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you or see you. Again, so kind, Elisha. But now, I love this part, by the way. Bring me a musician. And it came about when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, this is what the Lord says. Make this valley full of trenches. For the Lord says this, you will not see wind, nor will you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you will drink, you, your livestock, and your other animals. And this is an insignificant thing in the sight of the Lord, because he will also give the Moabites into your hand. Then you shall strike every fortified city and every choice city and cut down every good tree and stop up all the springs of water and spoil every good plot of land with stones. And it happened in the morning about the time of offering the sacrifice that behold, water came from the direction of Edom and the country was filled with water. So there's a promise here. I will fill the land with water. If we just think about this in a spiritual context, it's like, that's what we're praying for, right? We want Jesus to pour out his water. We want Jesus to refresh this city, to like renew this city. Just think about a desert area that is suddenly just pools of water. Trenches that are just full of water, providing irrigation. And what happens after that is life springs up everywhere. And in our minds, that's what we see when we pray. But the command that came before the promise was dig the ditches. We pray for water. Are we willing 
to put the work in to prepare for it. Right. So can you dig it? Let's try it again. Can you dig it? So digging ditches, I think about that. Have you ever dug a ditch? <laughs> What's that? I make a meme right now. Some of y'all had dug ditches and it shows. I'm just kidding. As a, I think I was in eighth grade, seventh grade maybe, and we went on a mission trip. And when I was growing up, mission trip meant digging ditches, basically. And an older man named Gerald Hartley had about three or four of us junior high kids with some scoops, and we dug a ditch about as long as this stage right here. And I was like, I'm ready to go home. This is hard. Listen, digging ditches is hard work, especially when you're tired and depleted. And the Lord started speaking to me about this, and he's like, I want you to tell this to the church, and it's time to go. It's time to run. It's time to dig ditches. It's time to build with me. And I'm like, but everybody's tired. Because, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, everybody's kind of like, oh. I mean, we're still going to therapy. And if you hadn't, you should. But the Lord says, it's time to dig the ditches. But, Lord, I'm thirsty. There ain't no water out here. There will be. Trust me. Just dig. Just dig the ditch. So the Lord's asking this morning, can you dig it? Can you dig it? Worship team, y'all come on up. And um, I want to close this way. Making room for God this year. And I think he's, I think he's highlighting some things, but like I, I feel like making room for some of us starts with dealing with our offense at God. Um, maybe we've gone through something since 2020. I'm not going to lie. It's been a rough couple of years, hasn't it? I mean, there's no denying that. We can't just be like, I'm blessed and not stressed. You know, like, I, we can't do that. We got to be honest. You know, like, it's been hard. And I think part of what we, what we do sometimes in hard seasons is we, instead of a good perspective, we, we turn our offense toward God of like, why did you let this happen? Why did, you know, there's all the questions. And I think, Part of the thing of moving forward this year is maybe for you, just to guess, like everybody's in different spots in here. I realize that. But maybe your step this morning is, I release that. Like, God, that's not you. That wasn't your fault. And I was wrong for pinning that on you and holding that against you. Because here's what I'll do. If we have an offense at God, we... It leaks out into our relationships. It leaks out into the way that we see everything. No, we're not going to dig if we're offended at him. We don't even believe what he says. He's telling me to dig. I'm not digging for him. 
because he didn't show up for me. But you quit too soon. Can I just say that? You've quit too soon. Because if it's not good, he's not done yet. You may be in the process, the, the end. You've not reached the end, the final chapter yet. You're in process. Don't blame God for what he's still going to complete that you haven't even seen yet. Like he's saying, dig the ditches. The water is coming. There won't be any wind. There won't be any rain. It's just going to come. It's just going to flow. It may not come like you think it's going to come. But if you dig the ditch and prepare the way of the Lord, I will come. And so in your heart, just right now, just bow your heads, close your eyes. Like repent of any area of your life where you carried offense toward God. If that's you, just, Lord, I'm sorry. And then I want us to think about making time like in our schedule. What is a ditch but an empty place? It's space. It's space with nothing in it so that the Lord can fill it. And some of, our, some of our lives have no space whatsoever in it. How, how, how can we be surprised when we don't see the Lord at work in our lives? Because we've made, we've made no room. So digging ditches looks like creating wide open spaces for him to fill. What are those spaces in your life? What are those things you're saying no to? And as you pick the things to say no to, keep in mind what you've said yes to. And that's him first to build what he's building. There's a verse in scripture that says, make the most of your days because the days are evil. That word evil, that, that sentence is translated in the original language. The days are full of toils. It's too busy. He says, make the most of your days because they're really, really busy. In other words, they're going to fill up really, really fast unless you dig a trench and say, no, no, no. That space is for Jesus. One, one of the ways you can build is to hop on a team around here. Somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, um, what does the church need? And I said, well, and I named a few things. And I said, you know, kids need somebody to serve back there to join the team and, and fill in those holes and make, make it happen and, and love on some kiddos. And, uh, and she said, okay. Signed up for kids team. Just a yes makes a difference. So in your schedule, but in your stuff, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our test of devotion according to Jesus is what we spend our money on. And I feel like part of making space this year is, wait a minute, do I need to reprioritize my finances so that it actually mirrors the kingdom? I heard a story this week about uh, a couple that their first, I think it was, I think they're getting my story right. In their first year of marriage, they took 
they lived off the husband's salary and they gave away the wife's salary in their first year of marriage to missions. Who does that? Maybe somebody's got a perspective that it's not about my stuff, it's about something bigger that I'm a part of. I'm not saying do that, but I am saying, Lord, this is your money. What are you doing? How can I sow into what you're doing? Whatever that looks like in your life, ask him about it today. And that's the touchy point, isn't it? You know why? Because where your treasure is, your heart will be. Don't resist that. Just like, yes, Jesus. You said yes at the beginning of service, remember? This is the kind of stuff we're talking about when we say yes. It's like, mm, yes. I'll give, you, I'll give you what you're asking for because you're worthy of it. What you're doing is what I want to be about. All right. So I just really feel like, like this. If, you, if you're in this room today and you, you feel like you need to, or you gave your heart to Jesus at the beginning of service, you did that thing, like I want you to come up, talk to me, and we'll have some people, maybe community leaders can come up in just a minute. But um, when, when everybody clears out, what I want to invite everybody to do, and the team's just gonna sing as we're doing this, but I want, I want if you are committed to saying yes, into 2023, to building what he's building, to doing what he's doing, to dig the ditches, to put the work in so that he can fill it. I want us as a church to say yes. And sometimes we can say with our mouth, but a first step, I just want you to literally take, take a seat, take a step out of where you are and come up here. And I want us to, before the Lord, come to this altar and say, Lord, we're giving you 2023 and we're committing to dig ditches. If, that, if that's you, come on. So we just invite you right now to, as you're coming up to this altar, the things that he's dealt with you about during this message, during worship, lay those things down. This is an opportunity to lay the things down that he's calling you to lay down. And this is an opportunity to say yes to what he's doing, to say yes to dig the ditches, to prepare the way of the Lord through prayer, through intercession, to prepare the way of the Lord for what he wants to do in our city. the revival, the awakening that he wants to break out into this city, the renewal that he wants to bring to families, to homes, all across this city, across this region. We say yes, Jesus. We say yes to you.
Put you in your rightful place as fathers, as mothers, as students, as employees. As your servants, as your people, as your kids, we put you in your rightful place. We make room for you in 2023, Lord, not just a seat beside us, but we invite you to take the reins of our life and have your way. Where you lead us, we will go. We're following you. I pray that we be a presence-centered people, Lord, more and more, more than we are now. I pray that we'd be a people of prayer, Lord, that you would ignite us right now with a fire, the fire that's in your heart would be ignited in our hearts. Lord, your love for people, your passion for this city, may it grip us May your glory grip us. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward for your suffering. That word consecration just means being set apart. Lord, we set our lives apart for your use to do what you're doing, to build what you're building. And again, we say yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Community leaders, if you could kind of stay. If you need ministry of any kind, come get prayer from uh, one of our community leaders. Love you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.